You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. Judd holding his championship right that down bat, doing the Gary Sheffield. That wasn't even Gary Sheffield. Gary Sheffield flips it. You're going to break something. Be careful. Hold on. <laughs> Gary Sheffield, like this, right? He flips it. Here, he does it I like this. I can't flip it. His like flip that. is much more violent, like much this. more exaggerated. Yeah. Right, yeah. but I didn't want to hit the glass. Yeah. Like this. I was trying not to hit the glass. I was doing a modest Sheffield. Hold on. I'm going to put my bat away. There's Hold no it. such thing as a modest Sheffield. <laughs> no, there's not. That's not a thing. There, I put my bat back Well, we're going to find out in 10 minutes who the Hall of Fame class is. All right, just real quick, we asked more importantly who it's not. Well, the greatest hitter, the greatest hitter of all time, is creeping up in the percentage. Barry Bonds. We can wait. Uh, just for fun, you pulled we? up a list of. So Dave St. Peter told you no on Paul McCartney. They're yes. gonna have one big concert this year. He said it leans definitely leans rock, not country. So you found a list of potential rock bands this that are touring. This is from ultimateclassicrock.com. These are bands that are touring in 2019. Because it wouldn't be a new rock band. You're talking about filling a stadium. And yeah. I can't think of a new, like a new, new rock band that's going to fill a stadium. Maybe like Imagine Dragons or... Oh, uh, that's right. That's a good point. Who's the band who performed at halftime of the college football championship game? Imagine Dragons. Imagine Dragons. Imagine Dragons. Imagine Dragons. Yeah. Okay, I get them all but da- Dave said he thought I would like it, yeah. which eliminates... Like those bands. Right. So, let's so go through it. Bob Seeger is touring in 2019. No, they uh, had to pair him with Kid Rock to fill the X 75% of the way a couple of years so ago. So it's definitely not him. Elton no. John is I touring in 2019. I think he's already coming here to Target Center. Now, I would love if it was this Sticks and Larry the Cable Guy. <laughs> Is, is Larry the Cable Guy going to sing a couple? Is yeah, he, he's going to sing Renegade? Or he's what's the new gonna... front man. <laughs> Larry the Cable Guy. You got a problem with that? <laughs> Could every, be really good. You never know. Every lyric to every song is get her done. Um, <laughs> Mr. Roboto, get her done. Neil Young is touring in 2019. I would love to see Neil Young in concert. Does he fill? I don't know if he would he fill, fill a stadium. I don't then? know if he would fill a stadium, though. I don't think so, but I wouldn't oh, completely man. dismiss Neil Young. The Kiss End of the Road World Tour is happening in 2019. That's their big farewell. Already That's booked, their ninth farewell tour, right? Already booked for Target Center. Do you guys like Kiss? I'd, I'd really, I'd really Kiss, I was, like Kiss. I'm not a huge fan. I feel like Beth Kiss, is a great song. Beth is a fantastic song. I feel what? like of Beth, all the Kiss songs? Beth, uh, oh, no. it's a great song. I can't take Kiss seriously even when they're doing like love ballads like that because you're like you're a bunch of dudes dressed like professional wrestlers holding instruments. Like that's that's all I see when I look in at the seventies. Man, it was a great so, act. So Vince McMahon actually, so Vince would copy things in pop culture, especially back. Well, he does it all the time, but. Vince McMahon created a tag team. If you're a hardcore old school wrestling fan, you're going to love this, which you guys aren't, I don't think. But I, I'm, I am an old school wrestling fan. Not, not, I don't keep up with the current wrestling. Do you remember the, the Kiss lookalike tag team? Yeah, the Road Warriors. No, well, that, no. <laughs> Wasn't it? You've gone down a slippery slope now. <laughs> Sorry, my no. bad. Well, maybe, I, don't know, I don't know if the Road Warriors, uh, if they copied Kiss or not, but, but they came from the NWA. Mm-hmm. So that wasn't a Vince McMahon creation. Oh, that's true. Demolition. That's true. 
Were they? Were oh, they, yeah, they wore yeah, like yeah. the the dominatrix outfits to the ring. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they yeah. were like bedazzled suspenders yeah. with leather pants <laughs> yes. and boots <laughs> and assless chaps. Yeah, that was uh, interesting. I saw a picture of those two dudes at some like WrestleCon event last week. Yeah. on one of my on like my Instagram account. Let me guess, it was sad. Oof, it is. <laughs> One of them had the face paint on. It's like, oh, man. No, he's still wearing the face paint? Well, one of them looked like he swaddled the other one and oh. like, put some face paint on. Didn't age well, huh? <laughs> yeah. Fleetwood Mac is touring in 2019. Okay, I wouldn't dismiss that one at all. I think it could be Fleetwood Mac. Um, there is a Bowie celebration tour. With- yeah, no, it's not going to cut it. Okay. Um, John Mellencamp is touring in 2019. He that fills doesn't... stadiums. That I wouldn't put... I wouldn't, he, does yes. fill, he does fill stadiums. Fle- Fleetwood Mac... And and Mellencamp, I think, are possibilities. I don't know who this is or how they ended up on this list. You guys tell me if I'm missing out on something here. Nick Mason's Saucer Full of Secrets is apparently a thing. That's going to be at the 7th Street entry. <laughs> Sounds like something you'd see at the State Fair. Yeah, on the lineies. And you don't want to see it. This could, be, this could be it. Steve Miller Band will be touring in 2019. Okay, is that... Is that stadium though? I think so. Stadium? Who was here last year for the one for one of the stadium uh, shows at Target Field? Was that well? They paired Journey and Led and uh, and uh, Def Leppard together. But they did the Eagles and somebody else too, right? Yeah, the, there but were that's like, like three shows. Let's see the the Eagles without Glenn Fry. The Eagles with Glenn Fry Stadium. The Eagles without Glenn Fry eh, put them with someone else and make it a stadium deal. I would say the only one on that list. Oh, there's still more. Oh, yeah. Elton John is the only one that really stood out as so you for said, sure. But he's stadium. booked. He's already booked at Target, Target Center. Center so. But, so, but I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure one of the years in which like Zach Brown Band came to town, he was also at XL Energy that's Center. He came to town like 18 times to Target Field. Yeah, I was so sick of the Zach Brown Band. I don't know what Dream Theater is, but they're oh touring. my god, Dream Theater is a great <sighs> arena 80s like early 90s rock. But band. they're not playing Target. By Field. great, I mean terrible. Aerosmith is coming through. Oh, that would be it. That okay, could, that could very well. Okay, be it. yeah, I think you just hit it. Um, wow. Todd Rundgren. I'll just run through these quickly. Uh, White Snake. Whoa, and, uh, Phil, please Phil's be, in. Please be White Snake. Wherever, wherever White Snake's gonna be, Phil's gonna be driving around oh to go. My God. This is. I'm hoping it's one of these two. The Rolling Stones and the Who are touring in 2019. You did mention the Rolling Stones. The Who is booked for Target Center or the X, but the but the Stones are. Yes. Oh, okay. It's either Aerosmith or the okay. Stones. And Ozzy Osbourne is the last person, last person worth it's mentioning the on this list. It's, it's going to be the Stones. It's going to rip the heads off winged animals for three hours. <laughs> it's Mick. He's 80. It doesn't trip. matter. Um, so I ha- I've Aerosmith's one of my all-time favorite bands. I saw Aerosmith five years ago at, was it, it was like Harley Fest, outdoor amphitheater in Milwaukee on the waterfront. Mm-hmm. And so that's five years ago. I don't know what kind of what kind of miles per hour Steven Tyler has lost off his fastball since then, but he had he had a hundred mile an hour gas that night. That dude was twenty five years old still, hitting every note. So Bon Jovi and Aerosmith are like two of my people make fun of me at this just like I love corny eighties and nineties bands, but Aerosmith's not a corny band. Aerosmith's no, legit. Right? I can't stand eighties hair rock, but I don't consider Aerosmith or John Bon Jovi in that category. So so Bon Jovi Twenty years ago, stopped with the high notes on most of their popular songs. Living on a prayer, reach out to the audience with the microphone. Like he just he stopped twenty years ago. Steven Tyler, as of five years ago anyway, Steven Tyler was hitting every note at the end of Dream On. 
every note of every popular song that goes way up and up that he would sing in the 70s How and the 80s. How old is he now, by the way? He's got to be in his 60s. Oh, he might easily. be approaching 70. I was going to say, I, he, I wouldn't be surprised if he's around. Yeah. If he he's 70. looks like he's approaching 90. <laughs> With some Richards makeup. or Tyler? Who looks worse? Oh. Steven Tyler doesn't look that terrible, does he? Oh, yeah. I mean, he yeah, did, but uh, Keith looks dead. Can you yeah. imagine Keith Richards on American? Isn't Steven Tyler on American Idol as a judge for a few years? Can yeah, you imagine putting Keith Richards on American Idol as a totally judge? Totally ineligible. Steve- you wouldn't understand a word <laughs> of the judging that was going on. Steven Tyler, born March 26, 1948, is going on 71. 71. That's awesome. Interesting. I yeah, I, I take my too. money. If Aerosmith comes to Target Field, take my money. Keith Richards is a medical marvel. That dude is still, he's like, He's a chain smoker still to this day. Like he doesn't, yeah. even when he's on stage playing, he has a lit g- cigarette in, stuck in his guitar strings. He's you know just, what? He's he's like a chimney, constantly it, smoking. It's all about genetics, baby. It's all about if you got the good family genes, you're in good shape. Uh, Keith was born December 18th of 1943, which makes him only now 75 years old. My God. Yeah. You know, if Aerosmith comes to Target Field, Judd, the only thing that would make that concert better. Or a tractable roof. Because <laughs> then you know that they're going to have the show. Yes, exactly. I mean, what if you came from Fargo and you didn't know if they Thank were going to have you. the show? You guys are finally getting this. You guys are oh. finally getting this. I'd rather watch Aerosmith under the bright night sky, but if if it's raining, seal that thing up yeah. and let's have a show. Did you guys, just to go back to a couple things Dave St. Peter was saying, and we're going to get... Uh, that he wanted a roof on the stadium? Yeah. Okay. Well, that's true. They did originally. But they're... But they're glad that they didn't. Mm -hmm. They're glad that they didn't make that incorrect decision. That's what I would say, too. Uh, We're a bunch of baseball fans, Mackie and Judd with Rami, who are going to uh, react live here shortly to the Hall of Fame ballot coming out, or the Hall of Fame uh, inductees coming out. But when Dave St. Peter, pretty confidently and calmly, in the same way that Derek Falvey did with us last week and two or three months ago, says, hey, we've got a lot of great things brewing behind the scenes here. Our processes are better than they were two years ago. Our development systems are better than they were two years ago. And this stuff is all kind of bubbling to the surface and it will provide years of winning is sort of the vibe that I'm getting hearing St. Yeah. Peter. And, and I would and I would tend to agree with that, just kind of hearing things behind the scenes. But I could see as a fan, if you've been fed that for year after year after year, and the only thing you can see is that they're not spending enough money or they're not spending $130 million like they were last year. Um. I, I, I can see fans' frustrations, but I understand what Dave St. Peter and Derek Falvey are saying, too. And I'm leaning toward sort of trusting Derek Falvey. Yeah, Where do you guys fall? As I mean, as a fan and, and as a fan of a franchise like the Twins, who have had the recent history that they've had, like you said, there's a lot of frustration involved with that. I, I try to step back and not... Not let my frustration of the organization and and the recent history of the organization affect my opinion of the current regime. I mean this this group of guys who have been here. How long ago did they get here? Falvey and, and Fan Levine, third year I believe. Yeah, yeah third year. So two year, two two plus years, calendar years. You've and especially the way that they're talking about doing it. A lot of the things that that he just talked about with us. You got to give them four to five years before you expect to start to see. The fruits of that labor, you know, start start to start to blossom. I don't think if you can set aside your frustration with the Twins organization and and what it's been over the last 15, 20 years, like you said, a lot of frustration, and just look at the current regime. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's only reasonable to give them another year or two before you you lose any faith. I, I think it's 
very fair to get upset and go after them when they make mistakes. Like the Buxton thing. Not re- recalling Buxton didn't make sense to, to me, and we talked about that in depth on, on the show. Uh, but the payroll thing to me just seems to be a lazy fallback. Mm-hmm. Th- that's what gets me. It's the same thing every time. We'll spend more. Well, but the thing about it is th- this team has done in the past so many things erroneously and wrong at times that you're not to that point yet. So the payroll thing gets to me to be a broken record because if they don't spend when they should, it's a problem. But there are a lot of other talking points before that right right now. And we always seem to default, though, to this one conversation, which is, why didn't you go sign a bunch of guys? Well, okay, but that's lazy. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, whatever the Twins were doing in the late 90s into the early 2000s, to find and develop that nucleus, that it didn't feel that way until April of 2001, right? But in reality, they had been finding young players, and they had a pipeline, and they were doing things that we just couldn't see as fans in 1999, 2000. And then all of a sudden, 2001, it was like, did anyone go into the 2001 season, in which they almost got contracted, saying, this is the year where this team turns it around? It was like, oh, here we go, a bunch of young players again, and whoa. And I get the sense that they're back on the forefront of things behind the scenes, but they have to prove it now. Now Now they have to sit there and... If their if their strategy is to not spend money, then they're doubling down on. Hey, we've got this thing working behind the scenes. The nucleus is ready to pop, and then we'll add to it. Let's keep the baseball conversation going because right now we're about to find out during the break, and then we'll react to it. Who the 2019 Major League Baseball Hall of Fame class is? Thank you, Jonathan. It's okay. It is Mackie and Judd with Rami here on the all-new Score North on 1500, scorenorth.com. Follow us on all your various social media outlets, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram. It's easy. It's all at Score North. The uh, Hall of Fame 2019 National Baseball Hall of Fame class was uh, just announced during that commercial break, and it is a class of four. Roy Halladay goes in. Edgar Martinez, Mike Mussina, and the first ever unanimously elected to the Hall of Fame Yankees closer, Mariano Rivera. Um, I'm good with three of the four. I don't know about you guys. I'm good with all four, and there are three major unforgivable omissions yet again for multiple years in a row. I don't see omissions. Can what I? Are, what omissions? Three glaring okay. omissions. Okay, I got a question. What's got you confused, Judd? Okay, Rivera goes in. He should a hundred percent. He should be. That that that's something when, to not gloss over. It's a, the but, first ever right, unanimous. Right, but that's what I was going to say. All right, so we finally decided that this was the one hundred percent guy. Willie Mays wasn't. Hank Aaron oh. wasn't. Like it's it's so ridiculous that it's and and I'm shocked because it's a closer. And what have we heard for so long? DHs and closers are borderline, and I'm not sure I'd vote for them. So, like, this is the first time they take that stance. Uh, It's fine, because he definitely deserves to be in and should be. But the more I think about it, this whole notion for years and years, we can't, I can't vote for the first time. I'm going to vote the second time. And this is the first time, as I said, Mays, Aaron, all those names, and I'm just, I'm surprised. I mean, all those guys undeniably should have been unanimous right, first ballot Hall of Famers, but I, I don't take any issue with Mariano Rivera. No, no, I'm just, I'm just, it's amazing that this is the first. Yeah, and just to, I know there might be some fringe baseball fans, just to be 100% clear, because it is, if you don't know this fact about Baseball Hall of Fame voting, it is amazing. The first time I heard this when I was a kid, I was like, my dad told me, 
The filter's never been a unanimously voted in Hall of Famer. And I yep. said, well, what, well, Babe Ruth? He said, nope. I said, well, Ted Williams? No. No, so, not even close. So who's never, the writer who was like, nah, Willie Mays, I just... There are like, like nine of them. I gotta wait but till the second ballot. But here's yeah. what it is. So there are 600-some voters now, and whatever that number was 50 years ago. And so just there's always going to be five fringe lunatics in any group of 600-plus. There's just going to be five weirdos or ten weirdos. <laughs> uh, so there's that factor. But what it is is once that gatekeeper mentality, once that streak started... There were always two or three guys or five or ten guys that said one of two things. A, I'm not going to allow, if, if, if Willie Mays wasn't the guy, I'm not going to allow right. whoever else yeah. to be the guy. Right. right, Ken Griffey Jr. to be the guy. Uh, but then the other one I've heard in recent years where there's been this bottleneck where there's been eight guys, ten guys, and some there, there are people who fill out a ballot of ten. And they say, well, I really wanted 11 or 12 Hall of Famers, which we could debate. So instead of voting for the surefire guy who's going to get in, I want my vote to matter for the guy that might be off the ballot if they don't get the requisite, is it 5 or 10% to stay on the ballot? But when you frame it up as never in the history of Baseball Hall of Fame voting has anyone ever been unanimously voted in until today, Mariana Rivera, it's incredible that that streak lived on for that many decades. And idiotic. 20, yes. 23 people didn't vote for Mays on the first ballot. 23? 23 people didn't think Willie Mays was a Hall of Famer. That might have been racially driven in some That's ways. That's true. 20 didn't vote for Teddy Ballgame. And he had a really contentious relationship with the media. In fact, I think he flipped off the press box one time after hitting a yeah, home Yeah, I think run. he flipped off the fans, too. But, I mean, nonetheless, it's incredible. <laughs> what about Babe Ruth? Do you have that number in front of you? Yeah, you know what? The problem with that is Babe Ruth retired a year before the first ballot went, went out. So he, he went in. After a year out of the game, so there was at the time no five year waiting period, okay. and so he didn't get a major or he he didn't get all of the vote. I'm trying to find it here, but the point was, I guess a lot of people then the old time guard said if Ruth didn't get them all, then so and so is not going to. Uh, can I can I throw my three glaring omissions yeah, out and get ahead. you guys because I know Please. Rami and I are going to fight on two of them for sure, but I'll start with the third one because the first two are Bonds and Clemens, which is a totally different fight. And those guys went from 56 and 57% up to about 60, so they're going to get in at some point. But the one that I, year after year, for the last four or five years, that I can't wrap my head around, Kurt Schilling is a Hall of Famer. Kurt Schilling is more of a Hall of Famer than Mike Mussina. And yet, last year, Mike Mussina got 63% of the vote, Schilling got 51. This year, Mussina's in, and I didn't see Schilling's percentage. I think it's sixty some somewhere in the 60% range, or 55% or something. So... The only thing I can figure, because Kurt Schilling has more all-star games, lower ERA, You're gonna hit it. more strikeouts, and a far better postseason career. He's one of the greatest postseason pitchers ever. This dude has a 2.06 ERA yeah. in the World Series. The only thing that you would say puts him below Mike Mussina is his political talk show career. He went on Breitbart for like two or three yeah. years and, and his tweets spewed right-wing yeah. rhetoric, whatever you want to call it. And even so, even like I might disagree with his politics. He's one of the greatest postseason pitchers of all time, and his regular season numbers are better than Mike Mussina's. And Mike Mussina's in, and Kurt Schilling isn't, and I think it's ridiculous. Was he chippy with the media? Like I'm not talking about his post baseball career and and the stuff you just talked about. Did he have a a rough relationship with the media during his playing days? He was always kind of a. I think he was considered sort of a jerk among jerks, but I don't know. I I think he had pe- people he liked. Uh, to Phil's point, he had Schilling was the top percentage guy not to make it sixty 
0.9%. Clemens with 59.5%. Bonds with 59.1%. I think it's exactly what you just said, though. I think it's Twitter. I think it's his political beliefs. I think that's it. I Post baseball, this guy's despised. I mean, seriously, like, let's just, just, it. just to illustrate this. So, Kurt Schilling and Mike Messina, who had pretty parallel careers in terms of timing, Schilling's was a little long. Schilling came in in the late 80s, Messina early 90s. Both were out in 2007 8. Kurt Schilling, career ERA, 346. Messina, 368. So, point Schilling. Ed Schilling, yeah. Uh, career strikeouts, Schilling, 3,100. Messina, 2,800. Point Schilling. Schilling had six all-star game appearances, no Cy Youngs. Randy Johnson won a couple on the same staff, but so no Cy Youngs. Messina had five all-star game appearances, point Schilling, and no Cy Youngs. So a draw. Right. Postseason, Messina was fine. He was fine. His postseason ERA was 3.42 in his career. Respectable. Schilling's was 2.23. With a 2.06 ERA in the World Series and a 1.44 ERA in the NLCS. And titles. And he's not a Hall of Famer. I think two if titles. I think if you're two going, titles. And championships, yes. If you're going strictly on the resume, he is a Hall of Famer. No doubt about it. But what if I'm a baseball writer who doesn't just disagree with Kurt Schilling's political beliefs and what he said on the radio, but I believe that some of the things he said were downright racist. And I don't think there should be a racist in the major in in the National Baseball Hall of Fame. Then Ty Cobb's got to come you out. You can't go down. You can't go. No, can't but, go but, down that but, road. Then, but this then, is like Babe Ruth might have to come out. No, but you guys are doing the same thing that we just talked about with first ballot Hall of Famers, which is instead of just doing what you know to be the right thing, we want to go back and rewrite and recant history and 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 say, well, if I if I let this guy in who I think is a racist, then we got to take that guy out. Dismiss that for a second. If you're a baseball writer who in in modern times, in, in 2019, has a vote for the National Baseball Hall of Fame, and you say to yourself, I believe Kurt Schilling to be a racist, and I don't want to elect a racist into the Hall of Fame. Is that is that wrong for somebody to say? I think we need to separate artist from art in this case. It's a valid question. I, I think the question is, if you want to take it to a, another level, it's what do you want your Hall of Fame to be? And I want the Hall of Fame to be about... The players on the field as much as possible, well, as then, much as possible. But you, but you, the ballot, and here's the problem: there's no guidance here. If your name is on the ballot and you were a great player, the problem that we have right now is the writers are individually all making up their own rules right. without regards to greatness. So, so if you had direction, like if the Hall of Fame came to you and said, "Shillings off, he's a racist. We don't like him. You don't like him. He's off." Then I would say, "Okay, that's direction." But if I get no direction, I think it's incumbent upon me to look at what a guy did in his career and consider those things. But it frustrates me greatly, and I've talked about this for like three years now, that there is no direction here whatsoever. You also, like, I could, and this is, it's not like I read through Schilling's Twitter account for five years agreeing with every tweet. So understand where I'm coming from here, too. I disagree with a lot of things that Kurt Schilling uh, has said on his talk shows and has tweeted, but I can prove he's a better pitcher than Mike Mustina. I can't prove he's a racist. I can think he might be a racist. But you can't tell me objectively that Mike Mussina is a better pitcher with a better resume no. than Kurt Schilling. No, like I said, on resume alone, Kurt Schilling is absolutely a Hall of Famer. I don't yeah. think there's any doubt about it. But if you're saying that only 
the player and their and their production and what they did in their playing days is really all that should matter, then surely you don't want any PED users in the Hall of Fame, Phil Mackey. Then that wouldn't make sense. You'd be contradicting so, yourself. So here is my oh. philosophy oh. on performance-enhancing drugs as it pertains to the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame. I consider the era between 1987 and 2005-ish, so let's well, let's just call it a 20-year window from the mid to late 80s until the mid-2000s when they finally put in at least a more competitive testing system. I consider that two-decade era to be tainted, and I view the entire thing as wild, wild west. I've heard from some players that it was 80% of dudes were on something. I've heard from others it was more like 50. We can't quantify how much it helped players. All we know is that that whole era was tainted, and we know that we... We got some guys. Some guys probably even got into the Hall of Fame, and we just like Ken Griffey Jr. is in the Hall of Fame. Oh, like how do we know he wasn't on PEDs? So what I do with that whole era is I put it in a bucket, and I still judge it as if it was any other era: the fifties, the sixties, the nineties, the the you know the current era, and I put the best players in. But if if you're driving on the interstate and everybody's going ninety. And they pull over five guys and give them tickets for going 90. Everybody was doing it, but you still penalize the five guys. They still get that ticket. So while, yes, steroids were running rampant during those two decades that you just talked about, if you catch somebody, if you have a smoking gun, and I'm not even talking about a failed test by Major League Baseball. I mean a smoking gun like what you got in the form of a book about Barry Bonds. There was an entire book documenting. Yeah, he was on, for sure. I'm not denying that he was on performance. So when you have that, when a guy's been caught doing something wrong, you still penalize him. You don't reward him. You don't just throw your hands up and go, ah, well, everybody was doing it. Except, except here's the flaw. We have, we have the one key piece of direction that we got within the last two years to how to vote for guys. And it's very simple. The second Bud Selig was put in, all hell breaks loose. Bud Selig, if you don't think for a second that in the summer of 98, Bud Selig wasn't tipped off and knew what was going on and turned a blind eye to it because it was good for a sport that coming out of the strike in 94 was dying on the vine. When Bud Selig went into Cooperstown, that's when I said, I'm done here. We're putting, we should put in everyone who deserves it. Sosa, I say no. McGuire, I say no. Barry Bonds, definitely. Clemens, yes. Because if you're going to put in the guy that enabled the entire system to exist, then why are we keeping individuals out? One other thing to add to to this argument. So the 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 commissioner that oversaw the era is an interesting point in that Bud Selig is in the Hall of Fame. Major League Baseball, led by Bud Selig, turned a blind eye and had I took no issue testing. With that. Yeah. I took issue with Bud Selig getting in for that very reason. I think Bud, I agree with you. I think Bud did a lot of great things for baseball as the commissioner. He saved baseball in the city of Milwaukee. Which kept me employed for many, many years. So I'm, I, I have, I have some good feelings about Bud Selig. But when he got into the Hall of Fame, I brought that up on the air that this is the guy who oversaw the steroid era. And like Judd just said, you'd have to be a little bit naive to think that he didn't know something was up, that he wasn't sure. tipped off to something. So why are we crowning him a Hall of Famer when we're not crowning players a yeah. Hall of Famer? But again, right. I just say on a case by case basis, let's try and do what's right. Let's not say because Bud is in, and that was the wrong thing to do. Well, let's let Bonds and Clemens and Sosa and Maguire. Sure. So, so Sosa and Maguire are in a different category to me than Bonds and Clemens because I, I have just I have three Hall of Fame guidelines that I go off of. I've never had a vote, but I have three Hall of Fame guidelines. One: Were you among the best of your era? Which is sort of a vague way to phrase it, but were you 
were you remembered as and can you quantify that you were among the best of your era at your position? However you want to go about it. If you want to use wins above replacement, if you want to use home runs, if you want to use a, a collection mm-hmm. of, of data, go ahead. Um, if you want to use all-star games, whatever it is that you, for me, I have my different criteria. Number two, peak years and a collection of peak years, more important to me than longevity. So if you had, if you're Harold Baines and you had 22 really good years, but you were never the best at anything, mm-hmm. that's less important than if you are Joe Maurer and won the batting title three times and won an MVP, and it, but it was like a nine-year run and you didn't have the longevity. You're out of the game by the time you're 34 years old. And, and then criteria number three is playoffs have added importance. So if you dominated in the World Series, you're Jack Morris, that game, that's extra credit for you. And so I, put, I run everyone through those three things, and if we know that you were on steroids or some sort of HGH or performance-enhancing drugs, your numbers and performance have to be top, top level for me to put you in, hypothetically. I know I don't have a vote. but So Sammy Sosa was on PEDs and corked bats. I had posters of him in my room. Sammy I love Sosa him as a kid, right? Yeah. But Sammy Sosa is borderline and did steroids, so for me, he's out. Barry Bonds is not borderline, but did steroids. By your, by your standard of peak years, Sammy Sosa hit 60-plus home runs th- three straight years. Am I right about that? He did, yep. Okay, those are some pretty good peak if years. He, if, we didn't, if he was unproven to have done steroids, I would, I would say he's, he's in for sure. But Sammy Sosa was a garbage outfielder. He really didn't add any other value. He was a low batting average guy for a long time. And I'm not making the case for Sammy Sosa. Some people might sure. assume that no, you're poking being the on... Cubs fan on the show. I don't think Sammy Sosa should be in either. But I'm just saying your your standard doesn't seem to be applying to everybody involved. I'm saying there's a huge gap between Barry Bonds and Sammy Sosa as baseball players. Barry Bonds is five out of five tools, more home runs, better defensive player, better base stealer, better on base guy, better average hitter. Skinny, he he was going to be a Hall of Fame player. But before that, he before his head blew up, he was. But that's another thing. Test, like people say, well, well, when Barry Bonds started doing steroids, how the hell do we know that well, Barry Bonds wasn't doing steroids in 1990? Ryan Braun didn't look the, like a guy who did steroids. The only thing I, I know is that Bonds and Clemens are Hall of Fame players. They just are. And... And we can go through the rest of the list and dismiss guys, and that's fine. But Bonds and Clemens are Hall of Fame players. My whole thing is this. The Hall of Fame is is to celebrate. It's a monument to celebrate not only who's been great, but what's right and what's good about the sport. Those guys are black eyes on the sport. I don't know I agree with that. In my eyes. I don't know I agree with that, though. It's to celebrate the sport and its history. I don't know about what's right and what's good because there's a lot of bad. Like that's I said, worth paying attention to, and that you you have to go back through. Just because you've made mistakes in the past doesn't mean we need to continue to make mistakes now and into the future. But is that continuing to to make mistakes to acknowledge, so. acknowledge the best in an era, even if we don't like those players or they did something wrong? I think you're celebrating it. If you want, if you want to put something up, and I think they do have this in the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame. If you want to put something up. Documenting, documenting the steroid era. They do, yes, and and that. explaining what it was and and what it did and the effect that it had on the game. Okay, because it, it in that in that in that sense, it's serving as as a museum. It's explaining history to you, and it's explaining an era in the game. But when we give this guy a plaque with his bust on it, with his name, and listing his accomplishments, they can still say that we're celebrating. We're celebrating that I, dude. What, Why what? celebrate Barry Bonds? Why celebrate Roger Clemens? Why celebrate Sammy Sosa or Mark McGuire? Why? Let's talk. And why celebrate Mike Mussina? He had his own steroid thing. Why is he in? Let's talk to a guy who actually had a vote. Can I, real quick, before we wrap with Ricey. I just want to I want to ask a couple questions here. So for steroid users, um, would you agree that artificially 
bloating your strength is is the crime in play here, right? You're artificially improving your strength and to, and reaction time, hand-eye yeah. coordination. These are all things that have been shown to be improved by some of these supplements that these guys were using. What if you were to artificially improve your eyesight? I think it does. I think it has an actual effect on your eyesight. So should we some of the human growth hormones? Should we, get, that should we get rid of people who have LASIK eye surgery? That's legal, though. Steroids aren't. Okay, well, that's an awfully arbitrary line to draw. Okay, I got a quick one. Hot take: Baseball writers quit voting. Get out. If Harold ba- if Harold Baines is going to you know no, just remove the whole problem. You get no direction. I don't know why you vote. Harold Baines. A- all of these guys. Some veterans committee of a bunch of old fuddy-duddies is going to put them in, right? So just get out. Stop voting. Well, I'd rather have the the writers get it more right than the Harold Baines committee. No, I, I agree. But if you know, but if you are sitting there sweating your ballot and you know in 10 years that some average guy is going to be put in, in the hall by a committee of people that used to play the game, then just quit voting. Get out of the we'll system. We'll wrap with Royce now. Thank you, Jonathan. All right, we wrap with Roycey every day here. Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all-new Score North and scorenorth.com. Roy Halladay, Edgar Martinez, Mariana Rivera, Unanimous, and Mike Mussina. Let's, there's so many places to go here, Pat, and you are a BBWAA longtime member. Um, Mariana Rivera being the first ever Unanimous, your thoughts on that? And, how, and why didn't that happen earlier at some point? Ah, there was always, uh, I don't know, there was a bunch of old, crusty, as an old, crusty SOB, there were older and crustier guys than me for years that uh, would not, uh, I mean, the only unanimous was in Europe. You know, the first five guys who went in, I think, were just announced, you know, and uh, they they was there, well, Babe Ruth. If you're not as good as Babe Ruth, we're not going to vote for him. I, I don't know what it was. It was just stubbornness and silliness, and and you know, I always thought, I always said, okay, so three idiots didn't vote for him. That's uh, you know, I mean, there's 45 million people that voted for Donald Trump for God's sake. So there's uh, going to be people out there who make uh, idiotic votes. So, but it's it's I'm, I'm glad to see it's unanimous. And as I said on Twitter. Boy, am I glad I didn't accidentally forget to mark the little box next to Mariano when I was filling out my ballot. Because they're just little tiny rectangles, you know. You could you could have been one guy off there, and you could have gone down in history as the jackass who didn't vote for him, you know. So. Yeah, you could have voted for Vernon Wells instead on accident. <laughs> yeah, he voted for, uh, you know, uh, uh, who would they see on the... Uh, Ted Lilly instead of Mariano. Yeah, Ted Lilly's pretty good, though, you know. <laughs> yeah, Ted Lilly, solid right? career. That would have been uh, that would have been bad. That would have been terrible. But I, I, you know, about two years ago, I was looking up any stuff I'd written about Mariano Rivera for some reason, and I ran across a thing that I was covering a Yankee game, and I don't even think this was when he was the the setup guy for Wetland. I think this was before when they had him up like for the second half of his rookie year. And Tom Kelly, I mean, he came in and pitched, I don't know, be started or what he did, but he came in and pitched like four innings. And after that game, Tom Kelly said, that guy's from another planet because <laughs> he saw the movement. And the guy, nobody even knew, hardly knew who he was then. And uh, Kelly said, uh, that guy's from another planet. So uh, that movement was, uh, that, that, that movement, Nobody's ever seen it before. Uh, late and quick, and it was, you know, and still doing it at age forty. It was amazing. Of the four guys, Patrick, any surprises to you? 
No, no. I thought uh, Shelly might make it this time. I thought there might be another one. I don't know what vote, what what percentage did he end up with. I, I, I haven't seen the sixty-one. Yeah. Okay, so uh, nobody else was really close. Musina made a big jump. I wasn't sure he was going to make it. I I was late to the party on him. I was late to the party on Edgar too. Against uh, again, that was uh, Kelly just doing our radio hits, and he got going talking one day about when the uh, Mariners had. Uh, a-Rod, and they had Griffey, and he said, nah, the only hitter that scared me, and the guy that really scared me in that lineup was Edgar. <laughs> and then he started talking about Edgar. And he went, because I'm, I'm not a big DH in the Hall of Fame. I mean, you got to be magnificent uh, for me to put you in the Hall of Fame as a, as a DH. And uh, yeah, so I was kind of late to the party on Edgar, but I, I don't feel bad about it because that guy could hit. There's no doubt about it. Pat Roscoe here. Um, Phil's <laughs> Phil is convinced that the Bonds and and Clemens will get in, and they keep creeping closer and closer to the number of votes that they're they going to get. Yeah, they didn't really go up much this time. No, they might have hit the they might have hit the wall. So you think um, you think they hit I, a wall? I think, I think people thought they'd go up bigger. I think people thought they'd go up higher this year. What what is it? Just two three percentage points, right? Yeah, so, they went up three percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That ain't enough. I don't know. There's some of us hard headed guys who just. I think they might have now as the as the group gets younger and uh in the next three years, I don't know if the group can get younger uh fast enough to get those guys in or not i I don't know they might have they might have peaked they might get to sixty, but I don't think they're gonna make it and then I got news for them they're never gonna make it through one of these veterans committees that is not gonna happen they're not you know they're gonna have a harder time making it with those guys than they are. Uh, with uh, with the baseball writers, but I, I don't think they're going to make it. So, and I don't vote. I don't vote for them because I think it's America. If you get caught, tough bananas. There you go. If you get away with it, congratulations. If you get caught, tough bananas. Hey, bonds. Bonds denies. Yeah, well, he does. I, I trust him too. I think it was just an accident that his head went from six and a half to fourteen, and you know that suddenly he had a head on him like Judd, for God's sake. Yeah. Oh, it's a nice head, though. It's a nice head I've got on my shoulders. <laughs> hey, Pat, do you do you think with with these veterans committees letting they they lowered the bar with Harold Baines? Oh, I God, saw Dave St. Peter tweeted this today. Do you think Tony Oliva gets in with the veterans committee? This is the last shot. Basically, I ran into Tony at the at the uh, fantasy camp down here, and he told me, he says, you've got to get me in this time, he said, because I'm 80. In other words, because the next time it's five years later, and I don't think Tony knows if he can make it or not. So uh, He only missed by one vote last time, right? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I think that's right, Pat. I think he only missed by one vote. I yeah. don't know. I, I don't know. It's, uh, you know, just because Baines got in on a committee that had uh, Reinsdorf and Larusa on it, I don't know if that's going to change the uh, the parameters of what gets you in the Hall of Fame. I, I mean, obviously, if Harold Baines is in a in a in a Hall of Fame, Tony Oliva should be in it. But they're two different committees with different people on it, so uh, you don't have two guys that had the absolute. Uh, Inventory, the demand to get Baines in, like uh, Larusa and Jerry Reinsdorf did on that one committee. They they basically pushed him through, and I don't know if Tony's got anybody like that on this committee. I don't even know who's on it. So, yeah. if I would be, uh, I'd be there pounding on the table trying to get him in, but uh, I, I don't know. I, I'd say it's fifty fifty at best. Hey Pat, Saints fans are now suing. They're suing yes, to replay this game. 
You knew that was coming, didn't you? Some lawyer would go down and uh, and file a lawsuit. Yeah, you, you knew that would come. You, you, that that was going to happen. So I, I'm sure that uh, that'll go sweep right through federal court, and uh, <laughs> we'll we'll have to play again. What are we going to do? Play uh, play like on Friday, Thursday, and then whoever wins goes to the Super Bowl uh, three days later. Is that what we're going to? Yeah, why not? File an injunction. Let's push the Super Bowl out to July. Let's get this thing yeah. in the courts. Yeah, well, there's still people, uh, people very upset. I wrote some today that uh, some of the uh, same. It was obvious that Edelman didn't touch the ball. No, it wasn't. It was not irrefutable, which is what it's supposed to be. Yeah. Anyway. So, Pat. Anyway, anyway, I thought they, I think the uh, baseball writers did a fine job, and uh, now that we got a hundred percenter in there, people can stop whining about that anyway. Yeah, Judd. Judd rips the baseball writers all the time. <laughs> I'd get out. I'd quit. I'd, uh, once Baines went in, I'd quit. I'd say I'm not voting. Judd thinks we should just do bleep y'all. Bleep y'all. No, I know. I know, but you, you guys put all the blood, sweat, and tears in, and then these morons, the old players go and vote guys like that and our managers, owners. The old manager and owners. Okay. I'd say disband those veterans committees or we're done. Yeah, well, all we know is you're back on the wild bandwagon now, I suppose. No. We're going to the cup again. We're going to the no, cup No, most again. predictable bunch of hoodlums ever. <laughs> Amazing. Okay. All right, see you, Pat. Bye. See ya. Goodbye. All right. <laughs> you guys see some of the – I always like looking at the bottom of the ballot. Some of the guys who got <laughs> Hall of Fame votes. Yeah, let's hear it. Placido Polanco got two. Hey, Placido Polanco, his day was on, on my rotisserie team, the American League. He's good. Ted, Ted Lilly did not get a vote. He did not. Hmm. Uh, Miguel Tejada got five. He was amazing. I can see that. But so can I. Peak it, years. Jeter. So so the three shortstops. Tejada at the time. Jeter. Garcia Parra, right? Yeah. And A-Rod. The big three. And A-Rod. Oh, A-Rod. Yeah, that's yep. right. That's right. What am yeah. I thinking? Uh, and then um, Roy Oswalt got four. Okay. Lance Berkman got five votes. And someone in my Twitter timeline chirping, how can Lance Berkman not be getting more? Because he's Lance Berkman. <laughs> Lance Berkman carried his weight well, answer. though. He was a great girth on Lance Berkman, if you guys recall. Can you imagine of all the things to digest after the ballot comes out today and the results? And the number one thing is, God, oh, Lance Berkman! Where's Lance Berkman on this thing? Is he off the ballot now? Come on! What's going to happen? Don't worry, the Veterans Committee will put him in in 15 years. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. See you guys tomorrow. Visit scorenorth.com and at scorenorth on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. S K O R.